I'm fathery. This is Dave. And this is Starfleet Boims. And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 149th installment of the Tex Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we have deep talks about Star Trek, where we have animated discussions about Star Trek, where sometimes we have deep talks about animated Star Trek. Nice, nice segue. Uh, I love it. So yeah, we had another virtual comic con uh in san diego this year just like last year and uh, just like last year there was some star trek goodness to come out of it uh the paramount plus animation panel they did i guess it was like a collection of panels i don't know it's all like pre-recorded stuff but yeah they they released it all as like one hour and 12 minute or so video and star trek took up like 50 minutes of it but it was their peak animation presentation for comic con and yeah, we're just going to talk about the first 50 minutes of that because it is all Star Trek. We're talking, of course, about the two current animated Star Trek shows, Star Trek Lower Decks. Season 2 is about to premiere in a few weeks. And then later this year, Star Trek Prodigy. That's about the uh, techno band from the 90s, right? Uh, yes. Um, R.I.P. Firestarter. Uh, what's his name? Smack my B up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> If you ever played Wipeout XL on the PlayStation <laughs> 1 or 2, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Boom, banana no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's the other Prodigy. Right, got it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about that one first. So if you're watching us live or if you're just catching the video later, we'll have some images on screen. If you're listening to the podcast, that's okay. We'll give you some colorful descriptions of what we saw. But you should definitely check out the two trailers we got. There were trailers for... Uh, both shows and just want to quick say hi to some of our live audience uh, pastel pirate jill dom uh, thank you all for joining us and yeah let's just go ahead and um jump straight into the into the conversation dave uh had mentioned that he he saw the trailers he didn't watch the panels so he's gonna be asking uh, me and sohel questions if there's anything and that you guys you, are gonna you talk up. i will break <laughs> you okay <laughs> well how many lights are behind me? <laughs> Zero. There are... No, I can okay. see like two at least. Two lights. It was like a, it was kind of a trick question. You're really just getting reflection. There yeah. might be only four lights, but there are uh, there there are five Star Trek shows now. So we now have like more more Star Trek shows in production than there were uh, lights in Chain of Command. I've been waiting for that ever since Chain of Command. <laughs> yeah. So our our first panel was hosted by. 
Uh, well, both both panels. They were hosted both by panels, Commander yeah. Ransom from Lower Decks. Uh, what's his name? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yes. Jerry O'Connell, yeah. Uh, Jerry o- who jokingly said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because Will Wheaton had something to do today, <laughs> which I think might have been the case because uh, he, he, he had a, a, f- a few uh, uh, goofs that he um, – you know, kind of messed up Janeway's rank at one point. And, and <laughs> he called we'll her talk vice lieutenant, that, but... which is great. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the Star Trek Prodigy stuff. We had the whole cast of the show uh, joined together in some big Zoom conference. But just to remind everyone who these characters are, because I have a feeling a lot of y'all haven't uh, committed all of this, all these new names to memory yet. I, yeah, I pulled up a separate window with little a little reminder to me who everybody is. <laughs> I'm still gonna bungle it though, because I, yeah, I don't know him. Well, I'm I'm gonna run through the whole cast. We had Brett right? Gra- I'm sorry, Brett Gray as Dal, Ella Purnell as Gwen, Riley, Alaz, Alazraki, Alazraki. No, I, I knew how to say it last time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alice Riquet, we'll just say. Sorry. Sorry, Riley. as Rock Talk. It's a cool name, though, Riley. Jason Mantzoukas as Jankum Pog. Angus Emery as Zero. And D. Bradley Baker as Murph. Murph. And, of course, uh, Kate Mulgrew as Janeway. Uh, not, don't call her Vice Lieutenant Janeway. Which, <laughs> Dave, that's something that uh, Jerry O'Connell, uh, in the middle of the panel, he... He, I think he meant to say Vice Admiral. Wasn't that your rank at one time, Vice Admiral? We called her, like, Vice Lieutenant, and Kate Mulgrew, like, didn't like that. <laughs> She's like, fuck this, I'm off, the show's She's over. Like, no, you call me Admiral. But yeah, it was, it was funny, Dave. They were, they were talking about the show, and then Jerry O'Connell is, of course, m- married to Rebecca Romaine, who's number one on Strange New Worlds. That's right. And uh, at one point, not only did Rebecca Romaine, like, come into the room jerry o'connell was recording from but her strange new world castmate ethan peck ethan aka peck also, spock yeah. just followed her into the room so he was just like <laughs> hanging out at their house that day apparently oh dang but, that's cool i was sort of hoping you were going to say that they were in uniform and stuff like that but uh that that is just a sort of that is that is a very cool modern star trek uh gathering i, I dig it but yeah, the uh, the first panel it gave us uh, the trailer for Prodigy and also a look at the ship, uh, uh, some NX class Federation clearly Starfleet ship, the USS Protostar. So uh, we can assume it's some type of experimental ship. And we also got to meet uh, who I hadn't seen him do any type of promotional material for this show yet, but Ben Hibben, the director of the show, who is you know involved in the animation process along with the Hageman brothers, who are the writers. Uh, but but yeah, they seemed very excited about this, and and I think one of the big key takeaways from this is that this show is going to have, it's going to be fun and lighthearted, but it's going to have a fairly like serious tone. You know, it'll still push into like some serious drama, some serious action, um, but be that all ages type friendly. What what they've said from the beginning, you know, with like Legends of Korra and that type of stuff. Yeah, like there was there was actually like a lot of very lightweight humor or uh, lighthearted humor. Even when you get to the more serious later seasons of Last Airbender, there's like big, big, goofy kind of moments and stuff. So, yeah, that does that 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 does fit what they've been saying all along, and um, I, I think it's a I think it's a good balance. I think those shows have really shown how that can be like kind of perfected. Yeah, you know, for me, like um, I go back like a little bit older, but for me, like the, that type of stuff was 
like the Bruce Tilm DC animated like Batman and Superman shows and like that type for of for sure. Um, yeah, it's still like it's still like appropriate for kids to watch and kids would would tune in and enjoy it but it has some serious well thought out storytelling involved yeah you know and when i i think about sort of the difference between those i think they skew a bit more serious there's a little bit more kind of sass and snark and stuff like in the sort of modern things like last airbender and like uh, like i'm my my instincts because I kind of came up uh, a little closer to to that era of father. I'm I'm older. I mean, like I saw like crappy He-Man cartoons growing up. So <laughs> Batman the animated series was amazing. Um, but like I I like its balance better I think than uh, Last Airbender just kind of conceptually. Um, but but I I I warmed to Last Airbender a lot more than I expected to uh, in the first few episodes, and I was like that's that that humor is just a it's a little goofy. Um, and then I, I warmed to it. it. Like I saw how their drama was so good, and you know, so. uh, Kate Kate Mulgrew seemed extremely uh, excited that this show would possibly be a new um, entry point for like a, a new and uh, like probably what she considers the youngest um, Star Trek audience to date. So, uh, but also as as Geek and Review said in the chat, but they're always like, but. Everyone's gonna love it, which I which I like. Yeah, nobody's ever gonna say it's just a kids show. <laughs> well, I, I think there is like some uh, some idea that like okay, like we want kids to watch this, but we know like the the average viewer is probably gonna be like an adult Star Trek fan, uh, so we need to make sure that you know they're, they're get having a good time as well. Yeah, right. But it won't be Castlevania. Uh, but yeah, we can uh, just talk about like the trailer real quick. It was very short. It was. I guess more of a teaser and they even well, I'll take that back. They even like called it a teaser that the Hageman brothers did. So yeah. So didn't really get into any story details or anything, but Hey father, before, before we get into like a specific scene, can I just say one kind of quick impression thing? Sure. Uh, I just want to say like, I was shocked at how good the animation was. Like I'd seen screenshots and the character models were really good and detailed and seemed to have like, you know, strong, color theory and, and good design work but seeing it actually animated it was like it looked like a level of smoothness uh you know that exceeded uh, or ma matched or exceeded kind of what i think of as like the, the star wars animated stuff like rebels yeah. clone wars um I, I haven't watched those very recently though so th that may be an unfair comparison but i was just like man this looks super good i mean you know i feel i could feel them going into it yeah well it, it, you know what though you know what though i agree with you that it looks good but i was not mm -hmm. shocked at all that was my expectation because every star mm -hmm. trek show they've they've been doing in this new era of star trek they've poured a ton of money into it and make it yeah. made it look real. like even lower decks which is kind of like this you know titmouse animated kind kind of a, a, a adult swim style uh, mm -hmm. show but there's like a they, particle and like lighting and crazy yeah, yeah they, it looks they, cool they pour so much money into that it's one of the best looking versions of that style of animation i've ever seen you know if there's characters standing around in the background they're not just standing there static they're like you know playing with their hair or like blinking and looking around and doing stuff like they, they pour a, a ton of money just into lower deck so i expected this to look like something that would rival the bad batch on disney plus uh i would have yeah, been i would have been shocked if it fair. didn't look good yeah right on well let's uh shall we shall we go ahead and jump in you continue with what you were saying uh sure but we uh get uh s some shots of our we can i think assume he's the primary character at this point but but dal uh who's played by brett gray he's 
this youth on some type of prison planet or something. We've, we've heard talks about, like, is this show's going to kick off with, like, these kids having to escape the prison that they're on and get in some space. De- they're, they're in space detention. <laughs> space is it? detention. <laughs> it's the Space Breakfast Club. Um, um, I do I have like a question, though. Are they... Club. Are they all kids, or like, did we could we tell that from the other prisoners? Well, all of the all of the characters we know that are going to be in the show are all described as teenagers. Yeah, yeah, they seem like youths or, or yeah. younger youths. <laughs> make me wonder exactly, like, you know, were they part of? You know, do they know each other before they got here? Were they exiled here for some specific thing that they all did like together? I, I, I assume that they probably I, have to kind of learn who each other are. I think two, the impression I get from the trailer, this could be totally wrong, of course, is that two of the um, doll and, and what's her name? Um, Rock uh, talk? Gwen? No, Gwen. Doll and Gwen might start out and then they meet the rest later. Right. But but I don't know. Yeah, certainly that's well, one of the big things them, I'm curious. We see them at like the same planet. Like it looks like a dilithium mine. I see a bunch of like red crystals in a lot of these shots. Were they mm-hmm. pushing what what looked to me like the space version of a Conan Wheel of Pain from, <laughs> yeah, from the Conan movie? Um, I don't <laughs> want to get too specific on the the visuals for our our podcast listeners, but uh, yeah, we we get to see all of the main cast characters in in motion. We get to see like their faces. We get to see a little bit of animation of them moving mm-hmm. around. Uh, Rock Talk Zero. And uh, one of the things that, like, really stood out to me was just, like, the environments look so beautiful. Yeah, look at um, that. And the uh, the ship, when we finally see the ship, uh, this mm-hmm. ship is going to get a lot of scrutiny the next few days because of all the uh, Star Trek ship nerds online. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've definitely been looking at it a lot. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of deceptive for, from, like, a Star Trek design logic. The size of the ship, it looks kind of bigger than it actually is. It looks like it has like a bunch of windows. I was trying to count the windows earlier. It's like, oh, the saucer section is like five decks tall. That's a that's a, a fairly decent sized ship. You know, it's bigger than like the Defiant or the NX01 Enterprise. But then if you if you look closely you can see the the bridge window that we actually see like the actual size of that bridge later. And there's like a hatch at the bottom of the saucer section that like a door that they would I guess get in and out of the ship with. So it's actually a smaller, it's somewhere between the size of a runabout and a Klingon bird of prey. Mm. That that seems like a, like a good size for the show. uh, I think, Um, you know, and like, like, I just want to say shape wise, it looks a little bit like almost like the, the Voyager's front with a, what I I think a single warp engine, a little like uh, what was the, the Kelvin, right. But like, well, it's a slanted pylon. So yeah, there, you could see the other pylon kind of. Yeah, you'll see it in another shot. It, it's it's over here. You just can't see it. It's oh, like there is Enterpri- a second one. Okay. Yeah, it's got like elongated Enterprise E style pylons in my ah. opinion. Well, the the nacelles on it look Kelviny to me. They look like those big thick Kelvin nacelles. Which I call it like Kelvin slash TOS because they have they're not as pronounced as the Kelvin ones, but like you can see this being like a. But also, I was I was talking about this um, with PJ a little bit. It could the the ship seems to me like it's since it's an NX, uh, it might be an experimental vessel or it is rather going through its experimental phase, and so I wonder if the technology came through somehow, just like your did. 
uh, from the Calvin timeline, and they're in, they've integrated it into the Prime timeline, or whatever. I think you know, a, however you want to break it down. A little bit of an overcomplication. <laughs> if you had like designers from the Kelvin timeline, like bring this design well, I don't, over. I'm, I don't think they'll talk about it in great detail, or it might not even be a point. I'm just saying, inspiration-wise, for me, uh, it points to some okay. of those. those I, I like those the weirdness. Points, yeah. I want them to go and visit the Kelvin timeline. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, would I, like I think to, I want I want to see them all merge. I, yeah, I think too. that within <laughs> within the universe, there is some type of technical reason why that shape existed in one timeline, and it's probably the same reason why that shape exists in another timeline. But I don't know. Yeah, hey, I, I have a quick question from from a Star Trek dum dum. That's me. Um, <laughs> the uh, NX in the uh, original Enterprise from the show Enterprise. What does it What does it stand for? Does it denote that like it is specifically that it's a prototype? Yes. Well, right, Enterprise first... actually messed it up. The TV show Enterprise messed it up. Well, it messed a lot of stuff up. But <laughs> uh, before that, the first time we ever saw NX was in my personal favorite Star Trek movie. I know it's a weird one, but Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock on the USS Excelsior. It was NX two thousand. Uh, yep. It just note, noted that it was an experimental ship. And we same reason with like the Defiant has an NX registry number because it's the first of a new class. Uh, we see that again with the USS Prometheus. Uh, it's just anytime there's like a new ship. So th- if this is the USS Protostar, then there's possible other Protostars. There, there, there's a whole Protostar class or this could be one of a kind. So it works either way. But the interior of the ship is what looks really weird. Um, the, the exterior is very recognizable as a Starfleet ship, but the interior has like this very huge bridge with a giant glass dome that kind of encompasses the entire bridge. And if you compare Mm. the interior images with what we saw in the exterior, then you can kind of see the, uh, the scale of the the ship and get a good idea of the exact size of it. Cause you can see that glass bridge module on like this top section of, of the ship. You know, this could be a uh, a new uh, a, a new favorite bridge for me uh, in the sense that I uh, like the idea of like a massive IMAXy uh, viewport, yeah. which is what it looks like they have, and I uh, that might be the one that I want to go the, sh- the ship that I want to chill on. Starfleet ships are so bold in their designs. I mean, they just put like crazy uh, like already having the bridge on the top of the soft section is like a bold move but then they're just like oh let's just make it a giant window. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of IMAX, this footage this has a very cinematic look to it and the images that yeah. they released previously had a very cinematic look and the aspect ratio this isn't like that that wider than 16 by 9 aspect ratio mm. which really surprised me that they were doing doing that that shows me they're taking this very seriously this isn't just like some dumb nickelodeon cash grab like let's see if we can uh move some toys with our new toy license you know like they're no like they're seriously trying to like make this uh, uh an Im- impressive quality show I hope that's wood trim, like on the bridge. I really like wood on a on a starship, and I, I hope they I, I, I do at times. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it on Kirk's chair. I I don't like it that much on the Enterprise D. Uh, why can't I suddenly say his name on uh, Discovery? Who had the wood on his ship? The wood paneling. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, book. Book, <laughs> yes, books. Yeah, yeah, book ship uh, had had some kind of cool classiness there. Going. Dave, um, our our listeners aren't going to know this, but just so you can get a look at it, this is like an aft view of the ship flying right, right on through a canyon. Okay. So you can see the uh, it's got the some the, it's got two warp engines. You weren't lying for once. <laughs> and, then, and then we we end on a we end on a weird joke from Dal where he's just like, "Oh, there's more stars than I thought," which was kind of a kind of a goofy way to end the trailer, but. 
Uh, we well, and... actually, so this brings up one or two things, though. Like, one is I, I did kind of wonder if he's a person who's been planet-bound his whole life, like, really doesn't kind of oh, know the, 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 the star fields from space. And two, Father, you and I talked about this off mic and in messages and stuff a little while ago, and we were saying that, you know, you just, like, get the shortest of snippets in this, like, um, uh, just little... You know, you're not leaving this planet. Um, you know, a little you've got to believe in yourself kind of moments. Uh, uh, you know, the characters really get almost no, nothing except for like a line or two here and there. So, like, the dialogue didn't exactly dazzle me, but it kind of couldn't when it's just like little one or two things that people are sort of shouting, usually amidst action. Exactly. Yeah, no one should judge this dialogue too much because, uh, yeah, right. we're, we're just having these little snippets out of context. Yeah, it does kind of tell something about his character that, like, this is kind of like his first step into space, which is kind of exciting. And and we get a little uh, voice-only narration from Kate Mulgrew. Um, I believe she says, uh, uh, we have only just begun. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Carpenter song. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> We've only uh, just begun. Well, I, and I thought that was a good choice. I thought it was a good choice to not include her in the trailer because they need to set the expectations right. You know, if she's not a principal character, if she's just kind of a secondary role, it's like the mentors, like the holographic mentor on the ship, then yeah, they don't need to like put the spotlight on her and false advertise in the, in the teaser trailer. I, right. I thought, this isn't Voyager 2.0. Yeah. Acknowledge that right. she's there, but don't throw her in the spotlight. So I, I feel like they, they handled that well. They, 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 they teased the Janeway that is to come. Kate Mulgrew has a very distinctive voice. She got a smoky voice, so uh, like you know, kind of closing out with that is pretty iconic, even without showing We've her. We've only just begun. I can't do it. I do it too crazy. Who <laughs> um, does a good those... Kate Mulgrew? You know who can like really impersonate Janeway is Garrett Wong. Like he'll do it at con- oh, if you ask no him way. to do it. Yeah, if you ask him to like do it at a convention, like he'll just like he'll just like go on like a Janeway like. Oh, it nice. That was hilarious. I want to hear that. that. Delta Flyers is on my queue for uh, podcasts because uh, I hear it's really good. So I hope he does that on Delta Flyers. Father, we get a look at the L cars. Do you get glean any clues from oh, that? Oh, man. Uh, you're right. Like, you can see yeah. them. Yeah, there, and there are some is that Helm? Style I guess that's Helmet Ops. Sorry. Yeah, they are Ukuda, Ukuda style. Yeah, more than likely. So the, the show it takes place in the year. Uh, 2383, which is uh, just four years after Star Trek Nemesis. So three years after <laughs> Lower Deck oh. Season 1. It's basically at the same time. This sh- this this ship does look pretty high-tech, and it does have a, a very late registry number. So it, I don't think the ship is, like, very old. I think it was crashed there fairly recently. Um, I don't know what it's I doing in the it Delta was... Quadrant, but... That panel's floating above the uh, helm or op station, which is pretty cool. The the panel on top, it's actually got a shadow. Uh, so it looks like it's incorporating some perhaps holographic technology or cool. even uh, early early uh, programmable matter. That's cool. I uh, I forgot that the shows were so close and uh, in, in that they could, what, theoretically have a crossover if they wanted? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it, it's weird that they just didn't do them at the exact same time. If if that's what they wanted to have as an option, yeah, I, kinda, I don't think they plan odd. on. I don't think they plan on doing a crossover. Yeah, no, I wouldn't assume it, but but it is the kind of thing that at the very least they could have some fun mashup art or something like that. Put one one cast in the other cast style, or or just have them integrated exactly as they're drawn on their individual shows or animated on their shows. That'd be kind of fun. I like the uh, the chairs too. They kind of 
they're newer and cooler looking, but they're reminiscent of the uh, the TOS film. Yeah, era they kind of look like that kind of shape, picture yeah. era. Uh, our friend mm-hmm. Dom Paris, though, in the live hey, chat. Dom. He says that time-wise, they could cross over. Space-wise, they couldn't. And that's a good point, because we need to talk about this more. We've, we've just kind of uh, been hinting at it, at it. But we should remind people that this this show is promised to take place in the Delta Quadrant. Delta Quadrant. Which is weird that we don't see any Delta Quadrant species that we know of from Voyager. And we actually see a couple from the Alpha Quadrant with the Medusin and the Tellarite, you know, existing in the Alpha Quadrant since the original series. So I don't know what they're doing over there, and I don't know what this Federation ship is doing over there. But with it being an experimental ship, you know, it could have had some type of experimental warp drive or transwarp or slipstream. The experiment or... failed. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, there but... is the question of how is this ship? How did the ship end up there? What's the deal? We're hope we're probably going to find out all these things. I mean, it could have been it could have been Apollo's green space hand moved it. <laughs> As far as like what briefly (laughs) is glimpsed uh, on there, just double checking: is is Gwen the same? That's the same species as Jayla from Star Trek Beyond. No, she is a new species invented for this show, and uh, the the prison planet that they're on is is ran by her father, and so she's she's not one of the the oppressed prisoners. She's one of the oppressors but she's gonna apparently you know break bad and and join up with the renegade kids (laughs) the uh the robot zero says something like most people are you're the only one who's got hope or something like that to doll he's he's not a Um, robot or they're they they're that's the they're a medusin and they're a genderless organism and they use they use they them pronouns right here oh that's that's you can kind of see the Medusa in the Yeah, like the little like flicker the under there. Wider. Yeah, it's cool. They've got the they've got the uh, uh, what do you call it? The masking uh, up. Uh, why can't I say it? Uh, um, <laughs> like tinting. The there's like yeah. tinting. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah exactly to protect others. But yeah, Ooh. yeah. No, so so the reason I was asking, I'd forgotten the that yeah. Of course, that's the Medusa. Uh, is that uh, because they did seem like the robots guarding, like the prison colony seemed like it was primarily guarded and stuff by robots. And I was like, oh, is this a robot that defects or something? But no, that would not be the case. It's funny that you said that, Dave, because in the panel, Jerry O'Connell actually referred to Zero as a robot. And then the the actor, uh, Angus, who, who plays Zero, was like, no, they're not a robot. They're a non-corporeal energy being. All of the actors involved seemed so like into their characters. Into their characters, very, yeah. It was very and, cool. And, and nice. Brett Gray yeah, seemed really very, very excited cool. about being the the lead. And and Kate Mulgrew was complimenting his voice acting. She's like, "You're like a voice <laughs> magician. You can do all this stuff with your voice." Yeah, she's she. I think she's found her second uh, family. It's interesting that both uh, uh, both the Jean Luc and Catherine have found second Motley Crue families <laughs> uh, as they get older. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, I guess that's technically holographic uh, Janeway. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The real Janeway has no idea that any of this is effing going on, and it's totally oblivious. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna find out what they've been up to, and she's like, "That's not what I would have told them." <laughs> terminate the terminate that Janeway, uh, <laughs> Janeway uh, hologram immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'll take it down like it's like it's two Vicks part part two. She don't care. So hell, we should we should talk about uh, D. Bradley Baker's uh, Murph uh, to Dave yes. since he didn't get to hear the uh, the Murph. I wish he had a little blobby. 
yeah. he's a little blobby alien um <laughs> like... played played by a craggier looking uh dude and, and speaking <laughs> speaking of competing with the other star franchises animation uh d bradley baker who voices murph also voices the clones and the uh other star franchises cartoons and that's basically like the, the main clone voice he's the only clone voice yeah. Right, he's he's got the New Zealand Kiwi accent. Uh, well, he fakes that accent, but yes, yeah, it's uh, his real accent. He, uh, oh, he, he does the entire cast of the Bad Batch. Um, mm. But yeah, he's also going to be uh, Murph, who Murph just makes like weird animal noises. <laughs> um, <laughs> but b- because the character Rock Talk is like really, really like uh, close to like animals and creatures, and I kind of speculated, well, maybe Murph is kind of like a pet to Rock Talk and. It looks like that is what we're getting. Although D. Bradley Baker described him as like he is like intelligent. I guess like he's like at least like borderline sentient, but like he doesn't speak English. And it's something that he'll he'll learn. He actually described him as as uh, uh, Raktok's uh, familiar, which was interesting. Oh, like he conjured him up or something, or he's or, a or perhaps yeah, they're linked somehow as maybe yeah. perhaps familiars are with. with it it is it is again a, a really neat looking design. There's a lot of personality, even though it also looks like a just a protoplasmic. It was blob. it was cool to see it moving around <laughs> though. It was very like gelatinous yeah. and fluid. Uh, oh my gosh! In the trailer, <laughs> pastel pirate is he sk- space Scooby Doo? Yeah, like Scooby Doo like <laughs> tries to speak English, or he's like <laughs> rah, 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 you know, like a little bit of that. And so I th- I think it's kind of like that. Yeah, uh, rock talk. They get and, a, like red alert, red alert. We got a few tidbits about all the characters though, didn't we? Uh, Starfleet. Yeah. Like with uh with Zero, um, Angus Emery explained that the thing with him is that, or the thing with them. Is that they don't really understand humanoid emotions, but because the Medusans are telepathic, it's like always reading everyone's mind. And they just like right, blurt so. out what everyone's thinking all the time, and it creates like these really weird, awkward situations. Yeah. Uh, um, Angus Emery said it, it's it's going to create some awkward uh, conversations or situations, which... <laughs> this sounds be. more than a little, like, like hopefully it's not too... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hopefully it's not too much like Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy who would read people's thoughts and then just kind of blurt them out, not knowing why what was or wasn't private, sort of. I think that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for when something is derivative? Derivative. I didn't. Want, I hope it, I don't want it to be too derivative of that concept. Um, was because, that yeah. something? Was that an ability that the Medusans? Uh had in the original series episode because i can't remember that episode too well yeah they had a they had some telepathic uh abilities abilities that's why spock and uh the other vulcan are able to uh... she, she wasn't a vulcan but oh sorry romulan she wasn't a romulan no she was a romulan either she was I'm a, she was a human telepath <laughs> sorry <laughs> starfleet boy's making making things up he can't remember <laughs> starfleet uh, starfleet boy after dark has begun the drink has begun jason manzukas has an even crazier beard and long crazy <laughs> hair in the panel like uh it looks like like the pandemic affected him about like how it affected me and he was he was joking about playing the Tellerite Jancom Pog about like oh yeah they don't even have to animate my character I just do it live action because I basically look like a Tellerite now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does he what does he say in the trailer? Some kind of like you're stuck with me or some yeah. kind of 
goofiness um, like that. He, yeah. He's going to be kind of the Neelix, but I think maybe like a cooler Neelix. I'm not a big Neelix hater. I know some people are, like Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I am a hater, but I, the thing is I've seen him in some really good episodes now. And so, or like, you know, I, I've just got more episodes under my belt. But like, I, mostly I think that the writing with him didn't contribute uh, that well. And so hopefully this guy will just have better writing. I think Jankum Pog will be less cringy than than Neelix. I think Neelix has more cringy points than uh, than he doesn't. He said he's kind of the contrarian though. Like he'll, he'll like everyone will be like, okay, let's go do this, and then Jankum Pog will be like, no, like let's do it this other way. Like this will be so much better. Huh. Makes it sound like Tellarites argue just for the sake of arguing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess all Tellarites have a have a stripe mm-hmm. of contrarianism. Uh, that is uh, was that that's in uh, Journey to Babel. It's also it's also yeah. interesting. You got like this like. Um, crazy looking old dude on like this cast with all like these teenagers and kids and stuff uh <laughs> like he's on the same show as as uh riley uh, who is rock talk it, it was it was fun jason manzoukas he... doesn't look that old <laughs> <laughs> I Goddamn funny. actually he's probably younger than me <laughs> thanks father people hate they it when i do this but <laughs> like because it like it affects their devices people hate it when i do this but i'm gonna do it anyways Oh, hey no. Google, how old is Jason Mantzukas? Forty-eight years old. He's forty-eight. Oh, he's older than me. He's Whoa. The s- same age as someone I know, but I, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> the, both of those people look good for their age, FYI. Hearing hearing Riley talk about playing rock talk, uh, that that was cool because she says like, "Oh yeah, basically just got to be myself." Like it's a character who looks like this big scary rock monster, but I'm just this sweet little eight-year-old girl just like i am in real life and i love animals in real life and rock talk loves animals so it's so fun and so easy to play this character um i didn't catch too much of rock talk on the on the trailer um but uh, that that sounds fun uh, a character like she's she's playing eight-year-old yes that's what she said and i, I think they mm. mentioned before that rock talk is only eight years old I have to admit, I don't like the really young kids in TV shows. Like when I was a kid and I would watch the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, the littlest kid, Bobby, the kind of let me take him on barbarian guy, a little too much like Scrappy Doo. Um, I, I don't know if I want like a kid that is like that kind of little little punk kid. I don't know. <laughs> she'll have to prove herself to me. Well, it's not like <laughs> I think a child. I mean, it is a child actor, but it's not like a child actor like on set. You know, there's a child actor recording in a studio with people who are like coaching her and stuff. I think it'll be okay. Well, that's the same with the Dungeons and Dragons. Was that the cartoon though? The Dungeons and the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon didn't even have kids, did it? It was like adults doing kid voices. Uh, I think if anything, it might have been a girl doing a young boy's voice, as is common. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually have no idea, but like okay. he he came off as like at like a maybe nine or ten year old, I think. Uh, and they were the rest of them were supposed to be kind of like mid teens. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Well, the the Hageman brothers said that they fought pretty hard to get like a child actor to play a child character because everyone wanted them just. Why don't you just get like an adult that can do like a little kid voice? But they they wanted to like really capture like that uh that childlike vocal quality, and they wanted they wanted uh, an actor that would present that to the microphone. I think it's good to have a kid on set to keep a uh, perspective of who the uh, target audience is for. Also, yeah, but like kids don't want to see stuff about kids. They usually want to see stuff about something a few years older than them. <laughs> I think. Um, but you know, like like I said, I'll 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 trust or or at least put some faith in that that they they kind of know what they're doing. They this doesn't look like some just kind of like they just threw shit and saw to see what sticks. Yeah. I think I think they probably have a decent plan. 
And uh, I think I think we pretty much covered like all these characters, and we covered uh, most of the the trailer. Uh, I want to hear what y'all thought, like just in general, like just what would your what was your gut instinct reaction? So far for me, it's just uh, it's really it seems like it's meeting my expectations. Uh, if it weren't Star Trek, I probably wouldn't watch the show just because I typically don't care for uh uh you know kids targeted for kids stuff uh but because it's, it's star trek i am gonna watch it and i'm really excited about it i'm most excited to watch it with the wee ones in my family and friends groups mm-hmm. i'm hoping uh see if it does create that, that new that audience buzz, yeah and that new audience and I, I hope so because i i i am happy to talk to uh, talk about star trek with all generations and i think if uh someone gets an interest in it at a very young age it's a good thing for humanity i i i still i'm i'm one of those uh true believer types that like thinks that star trek's primary mission is to better humanity like at the end of the day like you know regardless of whether it started out that way or not uh that's where we are it's an institution it's 55 years old um and it, and i hope it's it's gonna be around forever inspiring folks to do science or just persevere in tough situations and so yeah well, I didn't know we were going to have a Roddenberry moment, but there it is. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Roddenberry moment. I'd like to call it a Star Trek moment, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, definitely he set the It's his, tone. It, it, it certainly it's fits his, his ideals for it. Ideals, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like your idea. I wanted to quick ask you one thing, Sohail. Have you, did you watch um, uh, any of like uh, Avatar, Last Airbender, or Korra? No, I never saw any of those uh, shows, but I hear they're worth it, so they're on my list. Okay. Unfortunately, now that we're going to have 52 weeks of Star Trek, I don't know if I'll, I'll ever get to that list. But yeah, You can't even get through two seasons of Babylon 5, so I, I, don't, I don't know, I know. when you're going to hit those other I know, ones. but I'm enjoying y'all, your discussions a ton, and I love Babylon 5. I'm, I'm hooked on it, so I am going to complete it one day. But I got to get I gotta get through Voyager before this show starts. Uh, I, feel, I feel like I have to finish, and I'm... I'm on season five, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drill hard, drill myself hard to get through Voyager. <laughs> Fathery, uh, what was your what was your baseline impression? Well, unlike Sohel, uh, I I do not give a damn what kids watch. Uh, if there's content <laughs> right, for cool. them to, I like enjoy. that. By the it, way, I respect it, that. It does not matter to me at all. Like I, I, I have zero interest in 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 uh, you know developing programming aimed at kids or for kids. I'm a very selfish consumer of entertainment. I, I at the end of the day, like, I only care if I like it or not. <laughs> and I, but I, I like what I see here. And I, and also unlike Sohel, I actually do watch a lot of all ages stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't have a problem, you know, watching something that that is going to be aimed at a Nickelodeon audience. Like I said, like you know, it looks like it, it does have a lot of serious storytelling going into it, and a lot of thought and effort. To be fair, also, I did watch all of Clone Wars, and I think that's opened my mind a little bit more to yeah. watching programming like this. Yeah, yeah that's a good Clone example. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah, yeah, and I've done I've done all the uh, the other Star franchises, animated shows, so I'm not really going to have to step out of my wheelhouse for this one. I know some Star Trek fans are a little unsure, but yeah, I recommend people at least try it because, like I said, a lot of yeah. effort did go into it. And uh, I, I'm you know pretty excited just to uh, get like this new this new flavor of Star Trek. This is something that the franchise has never done before, but it's something that does work. I think there's a potential. Yeah, like what about you know like some alien kids that get like a Starfleet ship and they're trying to learn from the Starfleet hologram. That's an interesting premise to me and something that's never been done before. So I'd rather them do this than do like oh like a young Starfleet Academy show or something like that. To me, like this is a little bit more interesting and it is another example of the franchise 
doing what I always wanted to do, and that is boldly go. And so it's it's boldly going, and I applaud that. I uh, I think I am I don't have a whole lot to add to to the, sort of the discussion, but I'm I'm in the cautiously optimistic uh, place. I I like what I see. I the some of the dialogue was a little tropey, but I don't see how it could have been anything otherwise in the short snippets that I saw. And um, I also knowing knowing the way I sort of slow somewhat slowly over the course of say four or five episodes warm to Last Airbender. Uh, I'm gonna you know give give this uh, a number of episodes to kind of see. Uh, see how characters start to develop early on and all that. And you liked Clone Wars too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not enough to finish watching it, but yes. I know, ironically, I saw the what would be probably the lesser stuff, but um, uh, but yeah, it was it was good, and I, what I saw of Rebels was good too. Well, we will move on to the other Star Trek animated show. There was a panel for Star Trek Lower Decks, which not only had a they're almost all wearing their Lower Deck shirts. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, well, two of them are. Or three. Three, because, three three yeah, Eugene Jerry Cordero. O'Connell. Okay. And uh, Jack Quaid, yeah. That's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Pillboy from the Good... We have we have two Good Place actors in Star Trek now, right? Because we have uh, Pillboy, uh, Eugene Cordero, right? Who, who plays Rutherford. Yes. And yes. And now we have our uh, our Tellerite, uh, Jason... Ma- however you say his last name mazookas or whatever i don't have it on the screen anymore so i forgot how to say it <laughs> so you can't say it but, yeah uh, <laughs> that's right but yeah we had jerry o'connell we had uh, eugene cordero we had jack quaid we had tawny newsome uh aka my uh, future wife i uh, just don't think she knows <laughs> it yet uh, and also showrunner show creator mike mcmahon and uh what um uh, so they showed the trailer, of course. Yeah, what else, what else did they talk about? Well, I just want to say Noelle Wells did pop in for a quick uh, cameo. She couldn't be at she the She never does panel, the but... their Zoom panels that they do. Like, I know, but it was she, not... Maybe she, just she has, has like, like a thing. She just has like she these little like, pop-up... Yeah, like these little <laughs> pop-up cameos where she's like, yeah, I, I wish I could be there. Bye. That happened last time. That happened at... What, what was that at? Was that Star Trek or First Contact Day back in April, I guess? Right, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it, I think It had to have was. been. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she popped in for just a brief second to say hello. Yeah, and, Noah and Wells, who plays Tindy, well. and is from San Antonio, Texas. Or is she from Houston? Right from, from where? Somewhere in our in our state. There's so many Texans on TV these days. By the way, uh, just a quick aside: uh, uh, Jonathan on uh, Superman and Lois is a Texan, uh, and he lives in Austin, right in, your, in your town. So oh yeah, that's cool. we're owning it. We need to get uh, we need to get Tendy's uh, voice actress on uh, to do text track sometimes. Noel yeah, Noel Wells. True. Um, but yeah, so they didn't really give away much during this panel. Uh, they were all very coy. Uh, Jerry O'Connell tried to ask Mike McMahon a couple times, you know, like say something for season two. He's just like, oh, it's, uh, it's funnier. It's bigger. I, I mean, it's not really bigger. It's the same number of episodes as season one, but yeah, he just <laughs> like, they were all kind of like dancing around it. They didn't want to give too much away. And I, I get that that. something big is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it means that because it's a comedy, you don't want to talk about your content too much because then you yeah, spoil the punchline. So you kind of have to Although it keep feels your like jokes close there, to the chest. There must be some great stuff ahead because they, uh, they gave away some good nuggets in that trailer, which you'll go over soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not only did they give us a trailer, but they also released some other images uh, after the panel, but online from the, the first two episodes of the season. And this starts really quick. That's uh, August twelfth, so that's what three weeks away. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That—that's when it actually—that's when it starts, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then it'll be 12. ten episodes. Uh, it's right around the corner. It's like literally next week is August, I think. Yeah, we can go ahead and, and just uh, talk about the the trailer. Uh, I have some screenshots from yeah, it. That's a great transporter room shot. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, oh yeah, we have to see the Titan transporter room. It, it does kind yeah. of have like that Enterprise E Voyager aesthetic, doesn't it? But yeah, we get uh, some, some shenanigans with Boimler beaming up from a confrontation with the Packleds. We get our <laughs> our new, <laughs> I guess, Tamarian. security officer uh, on on the Cerritos, who is a uh, Tamarian, like the species in Darmok. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> more, more on him in a moment, but we see a, a Paul F. Tompkins character, uh, the the ship's uh, therapist, Doctor Maligmo, I believe is his name, the bird alien uh, that was giving well, yeah. Mariner therapy, and and Paul F. Tompkins, he's the co-host with Tawny Newsom on the official Star Trek podcast these days, the Pod Directive. Mm-hmm. Hey, is that uh, is that bird um, character? Is that uh, a, a known species? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. And he's food obsessed, which is great. He looks like he just looks like a bird. It's like, <laughs> it's like Howard no, the Duck entered. I have, a, I have an image from uh, Trek Core that I wanted to show, and that is, uh, we we have our new security officer. Is his name is uh, Kayshawn. like Vacation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's also a shot of what appears to be Shax. Uh, Shax is deceased. Yeah, he he died at the end of season one. So I don't know if this is a flashback or if he's it's a holodeck. It's, resurrected. Look, the bird guy's in there. It's a therapy session. Uh, That's my speculation. Or it could have just been like they needed like a crowd <laughs> shot and they dropped in a bunch of character models and they added his character model on accident. Because uh, Mike McMahon did say like the season's not quite finished. They're going in like correcting mm. like little animation errors like that. So that could be a, a possibility. What 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 caught my eye more than that is is in the scene we see them standing in I guess like a cargo bay like they're doing some type of presentation. There's a an alien saying like "Good morning, Cerritos," like kind of like corny like speaker that's like super enthusiastic, but everyone's like yeah, it'd be like a motivational in. speaker or something yeah, like, like that. One of those people who's like, "How are you doing this morning?" Okay, I can't hear you. Let's try that again. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> you know, like one of those types. You know what I mean? Uh, but that that creature that is speaking to them. Uh, is the same species as Belm from the animated series, the character I hated in an episode <laughs> written by David Gerald. He's the dude who basically like flies apart, where his arms and yeah. head and body and legs all go in different directions. That was a balls trippy episode. <laughs> I gotta see that episode. Uh, that might have been my least favorite episode of the, and I love the animated series, but I think that might have been my least favorite episode, just because like Belm uh, like annoys me so much, and I kind of hate him, and I I wanted I wanted him to die. I wanted like Kirk to like let him die in that episode. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a very Roddenberry moment. We're gonna have to retract the one that we achieved earlier. <laughs> it's okay to want that. You just can't act on it to like make it happen. Oh. Uh, you think that everybody on the Enterprise is secretly like imagining people's deaths? So they're like, I just Scotty's like, I did not act on it, Captain. Though, <laughs> except that All one right, time, Scott. All right, except that one time when I was possessed by Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Picard himself really wanted to kill Borg, so it wasn't it's good true, enough for uh, Picard. There were some other cool little tidbits in the Lower Decks trailer. It looks like they're actually visiting the the planet Cloud, Free uh... Cloud. Free cloud, yeah. From the Star Trek Picard season one episode, a Stardust City Rag. That's very nice. 
I didn't catch that in the trailer of the first. Right, and that of course includes like Quark's franchised bar or (laughs) yeah. So so Quark, I guess, was franchised as early as. See, this is like one little like graphic like this has like this big ripple effect in the continuity because it's like okay, well, this establishes in canon that Quark franchised by the year twenty three eighty or eighty one, whichever one this takes place in. Uh, right Jeffrey Combs is actually voicing <laughs> a character in Lower Decks. He's the oh. voice of this mean computer who told Mariner that uh, she could lose a little weight or something like that. <laughs> so, so Jeffrey Combs playing a, a, a an asshole character. He he's pretty good at those. Uh, you know anyone who pulls off Brunt. Yeah, he's played a lot of characters, but has he ever been able to play an evil computer? That's a classic Trek trope there. <laughs> trope, yeah. And it's, true. it's so funny that a few days ago this article broke on I believe Trek movie. Robert Duncan McNeil, who uh, not only is a big director right now, he directs a lot of TV content, but uh, we know him as Tom Paris on Voyager. And he said that he had actually been asked to appear on Star Trek Picard and just couldn't make the scheduling work. Well, he could make it work for Lower Decks because he shows up. Apparently, This is the weirdest thing. He is... Uh, I guess Boimler is hallucinating. He's like being exposed to some fumes or something. But in a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, but he's he's a talking plate. And th- those of y'all young enough that like you came into Star Trek with like Star I have, Trek 09. I have some of these. Yeah, like if 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 you weren't if you weren't into Star Trek uh, like in the nineties, you won't know what the hell this is. But it's the weird weirdest thing. But what was it the the Franklin Mint? That's what it was called. Yeah, they would like, call him. Yeah. A commemorative plate. Yeah, the, I have so many. I have, I have some so of these. Many of these. Like <laughs> yes. I, I mentioned, my favorite movie, Star Trek Three. Earlier, I have the Star Trek Three: The Search for Spot commemorative, the commemorative plate. plate. It is That's the amazing. weirdest. Thing. Like I don't know why anyone thought that was like a normal thing to to make or buy. Some of them but... have elaborate gold gold trims with like insignias and stuff. Yeah, here's like, a yeah, picture of one. And they would come. I with, think they would I come have that one this, of Janeway. Uh, they all came with the certificate of authenticity. Like that was like that was going to make it valuable. Like, yeah, like for future, for big future trading on the market of uh, of commemorative plates. Yeah. And it was pre-internet. It was like you ordered it out of a out of a uh, a, a magazine or a catalog. It was all yeah, pre-internet. yeah. You get it from like a Star Trek magazine or something. Yeah, you you like called the number and gave them your credit card on the phone, and they would send this to you. Does Dave know the thing about this this cameo? Uh, I don't know. Is that what's the thing about it? Other Do than you know the that... thing, Fathery. I mean, I, I know he vo- the guy voices it, but I don't know what else there would be. The plate's really being made. You can buy oh, the yeah. plate, oh, the Paris plate. I thought I saw, like, StarTrek.com <laughs> yes. promoting this, yes. and now I kind of want a Tom Paris commemorative plate. I'm getting yeah, it. I'm I probably... signed up for the newsletter. I have to have I'm it. I'm probably going to buy it if it's not, if it's, if, I, I don't know, $20, $25 or less, I'll buy it. I, I don't know if I would go 30 That's a, that's a little... I, I, I still need to pick up like the the new uh season three of discovery on blu-ray so yeah yeah i kind of need like mine is on its way i'm happy to report I father uh that. over in the comments i see geek and review says commemorative plates are still huge it sounds like in the uk with the oh, with, nice. about with, relating to the royals so uh, gotcha. <laughs> well so yeah um, this is a this 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 could start a new trend of commemorative plates uh brace yourself <laughs> can you imagine if it, re- it revitalizes <laughs> a whole industry <laughs> like... I, I mean, I guess they're, they're, I don't know if there were a lot of commemorative plate makers out of work, or if they've been just like on the streets, and that's what ju- that's what starts the the Deep Space Nine homelessness issue. Uh, but honey, uh, but I hope it works honey, for them. It's been thirty years, and I got my old job back making commemorative plates for for Star Trek. You won't believe it. 
Well, no, now we have we have fan sets. We have pins. We we make little little pins instead of plates. <laughs> yes, we do have. Pin- I have lots of these pins here in front of me too. I do appreciate it, like it, the absurdity of that, though. They really they dove deep on that one, and yeah. uh, I I dig it. It is a I'm, deep I'm, cut. I'm sad they gave that prank that gag away though because it's an awesome gag and that's yeah. why i'm kind of like excited because if they're already giving away the, like gags like this there must be like amazing stuff uh waiting for us in the actual season <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there, there were like some other images that i thought were cool like we see like some nausicans and some like uh are, are these strips or slips of latinums I don't, they're not bars they're not bricks they're either slips they're or slips. strips i think they're slips what's, or strips, what's the, yeah. the the second the second smallest one Oh, no, just like... I think a strip is smaller than a slip. Well, th- these are slips then. I I think. Yeah. Slips, <laughs> not strips. We have Borgified Boimler. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Locutus of Borg. Not sure what's going on there. We have the, the crystalline entity shows up. Uh Tindy turns into a scorpion monster at some point. Dang. Uh we have a Miranda There's class. A reliance. Yeah, the Miranda class ship like the With Reliant. Updated bizarre. Uh, probably yeah, getting cool. blown up because the, those get blown up a lot, but and we'd seen that in the previous trailer. And uh, Miranda class. A lot of Packled action. Uh so Boimler's gonna be hanging out with some some Packleds. We the actually Pac-Leds. see the uh, see the Titan confront the Packled ship. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like the season's actually gonna open with Riker commanding the Titan actually like going into battle against the Packleds. Hmm. Yeah, they, they did a um uh, I'm sure you're that's about to the Alhambra, the... if I'm not mistaken. What's that? I think that's the Alhambra, oh. if I'm not mistaken. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, earlier when we were talking, does it say Titan on there? Can you see? That's a Luna-class starship. I, I assume it's the Titan. I, it might be called the Alhambra, but I'm not sure. Ooh. I saw it on PJ Stream on an article, but I might be wrong. Or are you talking about the Miranda-class ship? Oh, maybe that's the Alhambra. It's possible that's the one. Because the, the, the one confronting the Packleds <laughs> is a Luna-class ship. Like the Titan. Uh, y'all, yeah. I'm just I'm yeah, watching like the, the comments and I'm fascinated. One, uh, uh, who was it? Fizban Fizban Fake Out says that he interviewed for a job at the Franklin Mint twice, uh, and uh, <laughs> someone else said uh, Dom Paris said that uh, Mike McMahon was tweeting about commemorative plates for lower decks as far back as 2019. 2019. That's so cool. yeah, this might be the that. the culmination, the fruition of what he had just thrown out uh, casually. <laughs> he did. He quote today about something about dreams coming true. So yeah, that's that's what, and, and with a picture of the plate, the actual plate, what it's mm-hmm. going to look like, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, indeed, like so, we're watching. You know, I guess what Boimler got transferred to the Titan at the end of the season, right? Is that how that went down? Yeah, that was how season First one seasons. ended. And so it, it looks like he's going to be involved with the confrontations with the with the pack leads and the we we see like. He's like underground in some mines. There's pack leads shooting at him. They're trying to like beam him up. And the transporter's not working. So, yeah, the the pack leads are kind of they kind of appear to be Boimler's worst enemy in the uh, <laughs> the, the footage we see here. They um, uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, the the rest of the crew like Mariner them are like, oh, just just think what adventures he might be having. And then they cut to him in a uh, kind of classic Trek style transporter accident. Uh, looking a little like uh, Star Trek the motion picture with a malfunctioning flickering transporter where, where he's uh, very amusingly I think this is a great acoustic gag uh, uh, breaking up his scream into the, so that it's like staticky uh, staticky uh, flipping uh, uh, screen scream yeah, he's, he's phasing in and out 
Yeah. Hopefully it ends better for him than those uh, poor bastards <laughs> yeah. in the motion picture. Uh, what uh, came back didn't didn't live too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Dom's corrected uh, me and says the USS Alhambra was another California-class starship seen briefly in uh, season one. So, yeah, that was just Starfleet Boy being Starfleet Boy again. Sorry about that. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's fun. And, uh, well, it's okay. Dom has our back, and he says that Miranda is the McDuff. It's called the McDuff. Cool. <laughs> okay. But we do know that Boimler does eventually end up back on the Cerritos because there's other shots that have him with the Cerritos crew. And uh, I think we actually also get to uh, look at his rank pips and see that he's demoted back down from lieutenant to ensign. So uh, <laughs> Some sort of incident, perhaps. Some There will be some reset button hit. They're just... I, I think it'll take one or two episodes and then, they'll, yeah, they'll hit the reset it- button. All I know is whatever Boim's disgrace will be will be probably the most funny thing ever to to get him to rank down. I'm again. hoping that well, it's, it's going to not... be like basically right in front of Riker, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that it it's is. not like Boimler like comes up short and like 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 is just like a total failure at something though. I'm hoping that he makes a choice that gets him in trouble, but it's like like he doesn't like accepting the consequences. Right, like a, a mariner, a mariner choice, is and not like right. a Boimler just being like, "Oh, I'm too big of a goofball. I couldn't pull it off because I'm this weird neurotic <laughs> weirdo." And no, I want it to be like him, like having to make some like principled choice. And, yeah, still play it for gags. It is a comedy, but uh, I think it can be both. I think he, he can still, you know, he can still make a principled choice, but also make the biggest goof up I just, ever. I want it to be a, a show about like a dude who's like doesn't just like suck at everything forever. Like I want there to be growth and that's kind of what they teased in season one. So I want that to continue into season two. There's plenty of seasons for that growth. Father, give us another couple of seasons of, <laughs> of him of like accidentally beaming like triple shit onto the bridge or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. What, what do y'all think about having Kayshawn as our new security officer on the Cerritos? It's going to be great. The... <laughs> Dave, I know you're uh, a big fan of the species, even though you're not like a, a big, you don't, you don't really connect with lower decks, but I know that you like I this. I love uh, all, all one episode they were in. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Um, so, so here's my fear. You know, uh, yeah, I don't really connect with lower decks. I'm, I'm going to try season two and see what, ha- see what happens. Um, but uh, the, uh, I'm worried that he's going to mostly be there for gags that, you know the, the which which I don't buy into. Like if Star Trek, uh, or Star, if Starfleet actually had a Tamarian running around, they would either have by now a translator that accurately translates what they're trying to say, uh, or he would have learned to speak more in like a traditional idioms of of like you know standard. Um, so so like if he's just constantly saying weird stuff and they're like, wait, what are we supposed to do? What? Um, uh, I like. I think. I think that'll be funny, but I think it will frustrate me. So, uh, Mike we'll McMahon see. talked yeah. about that. He talked about that during the panel, and he said that the. Uh, I mean, yeah, they are going to milk a lot of comedy out of it, um, but he said that the character does speak a little English, but he's still like mainly speaking in like their weird like. Uh, what would you call it? Like mythological references? Oh, it's a, a metaphorical. Yeah, they, yeah. they speak in metaphor. Or memes. Mike McMahon like, describes it like, he basically just like talks in memes. Like, <laughs> Right. 
uh, how how we can communicate with with memes. I hope he says I can has cheeseburger or something like that. <laughs> well, he does, he, it, it was funny though. I did laugh out loud when I watched the trailer, and he steps onto the bridge, and they they're trying to like welcome him on, onto the bridge, and he just says with a weird like Rapungi when he joined the Seven. And it's like, oh yeah, we're doing Darmok shit. Like you know, clearly like now, very recognized. Was that? This is a dumb question, but are there like seven people on the bridge? Was that very clearly just his way of saying this is like when somebody joined some other legendary group? Yeah, or something, I don't, I don't think there is actually seven. Um, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the metaphor of his people. It's like it's like uh, whoever across the water and you know Jemba or whatever. <laughs> like, sure, sure. The... Yeah, no, I just wondered if it was like in some way at least Timber. literalizing what was like seven people in front of him. <laughs> Probably. Uh. But uh, yeah, we'll see. He's voiced by an actor I'm not familiar with, but Mike McMahon was was like really proud of like getting this comedian, uh, Carl Tate. Uh, I believe is the the dude's name who is on the show Comedy Bang Bang. I'm not really sure what that is, mm. and I only know that because I was just like Googled him about an hour ago, and that's what came up. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's gonna do the voice of of Kayshawn, So, which apparently was uh, Eugene Cordero also on that Comedy Bang Bang. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know either, but I think I've heard of I'm it. I'm guessing for it's sure, like a skit comedy thing, but that's all yeah. I know. If you know what comedy bing bing is, tell me. <laughs> I assume it's all uh, references to how Bond was called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh. Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and it's all Bond humor. <laughs> that's, that's clearly what it is. <laughs> it's a weekly podcast that blends conversation and character work from today's funniest comedians. Geek in Review says the line about joining the seven is a reference to the boys with Jack Quaid, I think. Oh, I, I, Very I, specific. I don't, I don't watch the boys, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I haven't seen it either, although I hear it's pretty good. It is pretty but good. But speaking of Jack Can Quaid confirm. and superheroes, it was interesting that they uh, brought up during this panel that two Lower Decks actors have now played Superman because Jerry O'Connell... Yep has voiced Superman in a ton of animated stuff, and now Jack Quaid is going to voice Superman in that new animated show coming up. Interesting. The uh, the, the nerd connections continue. And right. Eugene Cordero's in the MCU, in Star Wars, and in Star Trek. Yeah, but uh, Star Trek is cooler than the other Star franchise, and honestly, like <laughs> not like the movies aren't great, but DC is cooler than Marvel, so we don't need to talk about those other, those other franchises. <laughs> Well, father he has spoken. Father has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did y'all have any other uh, things to say about the the trailer? Or Dave, did you have any questions about the panel? Or so hell, did you have any observations on the panel that we didn't mention? Uh, the panel was super fun. I just want to say that I was really pleased. I already tweeted about this, but I was really pleased that uh, uh, Tani Newsom welcomed Mike McMahon with a soccer horn. Uh, impression uh so she was like she didn't do it like i do but it was like bow, 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 bow. <laughs> she like, mm-hmm. so it was like pretty awesome to see that no all in all i'm just really hype and excited father that guy on the right there uh go back to that one uh screenshot do you new species right the the guy that looks like a, a sea yeah like that's a, a new creation i don't think like a big tentacle man i don't think there's yeah. been anyone thing. in star trek with like tentacle and, arms there, there's other easter this eggs the, in this shot but that's he he's not one of them yeah and jill just mentioned the other easter egg which is that's the the device or ship from uh inner light there you can see the fin 
of it. Uh, oh yeah, I I, I did see that there. mention of inner light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the fin there is from from that is likely from that that ship or device or probe. I guess it was a probe. But no, I'm super hype about it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm really excited about both of uh, the animation offerings. Uh, I, I'm already a fan of Lower Decks, so I'm I'm I already have like you know pretty. I think what are uh, reasonable expectations that it's going to be another fun uh, um, season. Yeah, it's a pretty Lower safe Decks. show for people who who like it. Like I I I feel like uh, we kind of know what we're going to get with the second yeah. season. So yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to be um, excited and uh, yeah, I don't really see them dropping the ball on it. And I am, I'm pretty eager to see prodigy too, just because like I, I want to, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to, to try something new and, and I love the diversity of shows we're getting here, how they're both radically different from one another, but they're both still, uh, you know, recognizable as star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be disappointed if either one of these was just like the only Star Trek show they were making. But the fact that we're getting uh, all these different shows, you know, they they, they balance each other out. Um, Father, you know, I'm I'm uh, I don't necessarily know that I'll plan to watch Lower Decks. I have I've been impressed at like how much it has like been a success with with all generations, uh, including like kind of curmudgeonly fans of the old school. I think have a lot of them <laughs> have warmed to it. Uh, I'm not one of them. But but I also don't hate it or anything. It's just not my kind of comedy. Um, so but I did see actually enough in this trailer to make me kind of want to watch a few episodes and see if uh see what's going on uh, and check it out. I'm more excited about Prodigy, um, but uh, but also kind of need to see a little bit more of that before I like get get fully behind it. But like that one, I, I think is is easily the, of the two, the one that I'm most excited about. Cool. Um, and. You know, I'm really excited for the stuff we have coming down the pike later with the uh, new season of Picard and with Strange New Worlds. And yeah, we're getting another season of Discovery in there, too. So definitely lots of stuff to look for. And Kurtzman is talking about the Giorgio Section 31 show again, saying like, oh, I it's still think it'll happen. Not, yeah, it's not. He's like, a lot it's of people not were, dead. Including myself. Yeah. <laughs> Including myself, I thought, oh, that's going on the back burner for a long, long time. But no, apparently it's still the Genesis wave might have hit it, though. (laughs) Uh, We will find out in the future. But yeah, I don't have much else to add. Anyone who is uh, listening or watching this later should definitely give us some feedback and let us know uh, which one of these shows are you most looking forward to and what are you looking forward to in it? You know, we have a like I said, like a big diversity uh, of show here with, with two pretty different things. Yeah, and I want to know what uh, what your role would be on a Lower Decks show. What what would you be doing? <laughs> uh, what humiliating job would you be forced to do? <laughs> so let me know. Cleaning the bleep out of the bleep filters in the holodeck. <laughs> uh, I would have to be, uh, I'd be working in like the uh, zoological department and I'd be like grooming tribbles. I think <laughs> like uh Here's one. like shaving them like little bonsai trees. <laughs> <laughs> I I would probably uh uh be uh doing some kind of tech work uh so <laughs> who knows what I'd be You'd be uh, help cleaning. desk. 
you'd, help you'd be like an like, engineering <laughs> you'd be like an engineering people would be like hey the replicator in the mess hall isn't working get up here right. it's it's <laughs> it's only it's only making things out of poop <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's uh that happens you know that's what uh apparently, had a whole conversation about that in discovery season three i i don't know what my job would be on the show i would be trying to like uh it, get out of work i would be the guy like not doing <laughs> not i would just i would like walk around and be like say good morning to people and then I'd go like sit in a jeffrey's tube and like uh look at facebook on my starfleet pad <laughs> yeah whatever the futuristic equivalent of that is uh, yeah so very funny. They, they do have some social media because when someone took a picture with mariner and like the news broke that she was the captain's daughter and someone took a picture of her and she's like right. hey i don't want you to post that on and then she got interrupted. We don't know what she said, but there is, is yeah. there is some social media in in the 24th century. Father, for maximum comedic effect, I'm going to say that you would be involved in doing some sort of uh, work uh, where you uh, like uh, keep um, keep the holodeck from you, you you enforce limitations on it or whatever. And because you're like lazing around and not doing it, the holodeck there is the most messed up holodeck of them all. <laughs> it's like s- someone steps on and they're like, well, "What's going on? What, what, why aren't why aren't the safety parameters like? What 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 are what are the rules here?" And like the, some some weird like deformed hologram like turns around, it's all like glitching out and like real scary. It's like there are no rules here. <laughs> yeah, it's like a naked Moriarty. <laughs> uh, yeah let us know what your lower decks job would be and uh, come back in two weeks when we're going to be talking about the things that we hope to see in lower decks season two in the next text trek podcast we're taking the week off next week but if you keep up with us on youtube i think brian and i might be doing a babylon 5 season 5 stream so we can close that thing down finish finish (laughs) off b5 and just turn our focus back to star trek because we have a lot of track coming up uh it's gonna be epic (laughs) but yeah so uh that's it for today and until next time as always live long and prosper y'all Right on. Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek. And follow Fathery on Twitter at txtrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.